Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, listeners. You know what I love? When an interview totally energizes me. And that's what happens on this Get Genius interview with my guest, Sean Anderson. You know, it's important as entrepreneurs that we remain in control of our thoughts because as we all know, those thoughts become actions. Yet, it's also pretty easy to get uninspired when things go wrong or others cause us to have a ruined day based on a bad remark. Or do they? Well, we're going to talk about that and much more today. My guest, Sean Anderson, is a number one ranked motivational author, keynote speaker, and an unlimited thinker. A lifetime entrepreneur with a track record in raising performance and passion in others, Sean and his go the extra mile philosophy and ability to produce winning results have been praised by political leaders, gold medal and world record holders, and media all around the world. Sean is a six-time author with 75,000, actually over 75,000 books sold, and he is the creator of Extra Mile Day in the United States. You may have heard of this. It's a day recognizing the capacity we have each to create positive change in our families, organizations, communities, and ourselves when we go the extra mile. And you'll find out what all of that is about during the interview. What I love about Sean is that he actually lives by what he speaks. He's not the guy that motivates you and then doesn't practice anything he teaches you. He actually walks the talk. Let me tell you a few other things about Sean. He's built a million-dollar company, pedaled a bike 4,000 miles across the U.S. twice, He's run a 100-mile race. He's created adventures in 40-plus countries, including having walked border-to-border across Japan, Spain, and Portugal. (laughs) Incredible. And he just recently finished trekking across both England and Ireland on those two feet. Unbelievable. We're going to talk all about that, and it makes me kind of want to do it and also get scared to do it. Anyways, needless to say, Sean is an incredible inspiration and has impacted tens of thousands of people around the world through his speaking and writing in the most positive way. So get ready to be energized yourself and inspired by this interview. Enjoy. Hey, Sean, welcome to the show. Summer, it is so much my privilege to be here. Thank you so much for the chance to be your guest Well, this is going to be awesome because as we talked about just before we started recording, we've got Fantastic Squared going on today, so we can't help but be awesome. Well, energy attracts energy, so let's see if we can create a supernova worth of energy, huh? All right, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so I want to start with, with Sean as a little boy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time. Once upon a time. There was um, a mom and a dad. Exactly. <laughs> I do want to know, though, I want to know, when did you first realize that you were going to be an author and that you were going to start motivating other people? How did that happen? You know, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, ever since I was 10 years old and selling worms to fishermen. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I've had that entrepreneurial spirit forever. But as far as writing, I, writing was my avocation initially. 
I, uh, re- I had owned a business college in Los Angeles, California, and I'd written a couple of books. The first one was a countdown to college, preparing your student for success in the collegiate universe. Yeah. And that, and that sold about 5,000 copies. But then I wrote a book called soar to the top soar to the top did really, really well. And it sold about 50,000 copies, but that it's still writing was only my avocation. But after I decided to leave the brick and mortar business of being an entrepreneur, I started to write more in 2009. I put out three books and, uh, and, uh, ever since then, I just have a real passion for writing. That's awesome. And how easy was it for you to share your stories? How easy was it for me to share my stories? Uh, I think, I think it's an evolving process. Actually. I think my own personal writing becomes more vulnerable as, as I get older. I, I, I had these words in me that I wanted to encourage, empower, and motivate others to be the best that they could be. And those words came out easily and freely. But as I've gotten older, I've learned to mix my own, you know, ups and downs a little bit more in my writing. Yeah. So you're obviously this amazing adventure guy and you've created adventures in 40 plus countries. Yeah. I, I, I like to travel for sure. Right. Right. I just came back just about three weeks ago from a pretty cool adventure. I'll share with you. Yes, please. I just finished walking, walking across the country of England and then that wasn't quite enough, so I dipped over to Ireland, and I walked down the eastern coast of Ireland all the way down the southern tip to reach the other side of the country of Ireland on the western side. So yeah, that was the actually the fourth and the fifth country that I've walked completely across or around. So you're walking all day long? Like how many miles are you walking in a day? Well, the my... The longest venture that I ever had was when I walked around Shikoku, Japan, an island in Japan. That was that was 48 days, 750 miles. The wow. fastest that I've done is I walked across the country of Spain. I did 550 miles starting from France, and I did that in 27 days, was just which was just over an average of 20 miles a day every day for 27 straight days. <laughs> and how do you come up with this, that this is what you're going to do? Does the idea just come to you and you go, yep, going to do it? Man, it's just listening to the whispers. You know, I, I know that every single year I look for what I call my axe sharpening adventure, that adventure that goes out and sharpens my purpose, my passion, and the, and the rest of the days of my life. And then, you know, you just kind of go, gosh, where's a cool pilgrimage that I would like to walk across? Where's a cool country that I want to visit? And so that 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 place that just ends up whispering into you, you go, oh my God, that's it. I am so walking across England. Yeah. I can't wait. That's, <laughs> so, so that's just kind of how it happens. Uh, you know, all those adventures, it's just all of a sudden, you know, I believe, I believe that we all have these whispers. Okay. Summer, I believe that we have these, these silent things that said, Oh, I want to do that. Oh, I want to talk to that person. Oh, I I, want to go there. Oh, I want to see that movie. I want to travel there. Those are the whispers that I believe really speak to the deepest part of who we are. And when we give those whispers voice, when we truly listen to them, that's when we start to live the best version of ourselves. So sometimes, you know, you're just quiet. You say, this is what I want to do. And you just listen for the answer. Yeah. So what what's happening that I'm imagining you're doing these adventures because there's some type of transformation happening is, and maybe not, but you tell me what, how does that help you in your, you know, greater mission in life? 
Well, because anytime that we push ourselves out of our own comfort zone of the warm and cozy little world that we create, we become stronger. Our comfort zone gets pushed out further and we're able to have less fear in what we accomplish in life. So every time that I just put on this 25-pound backpack and I head to another country, I got to tell you, that four-letter word fear, that monster fear, it, it's screaming pretty loud at me. I mean, come on. I don't know where I'm staying. I don't know where I'm eating. I don't know where I'm going. I, it, so, so when I succeed in a mission like that, not only at the end, but each day, and not only each day, but each hour, all of a sudden I become more brave. I become more courageous to, to believe in myself to believe in my vision, to believe that the words that come out of my mouth are words that that emanate from my heart, from the deepest part of me. And so that's the transformation that takes place, is that that solid belief in, in those two words, I can. Yeah. And how how have these experiences helped you to empower others? Well, I... I I believe one of them is my creation of Extra Mile Day in America, and that started in 2009 when I rode a bike across the country from one ocean to the other ocean, and along the way, I had events in 21 cities where I had the privilege of interviewing over 200 people identified as having gone the extra mile in life, and either overcoming tragedy, failure, defeat, or making something beautiful happen. So, so that sparked that idea of extra mile day, of which I was elated in 2009 on November 1st to have 23 cities participate in, but it just keeps on growing and growing. Last year, there were 560 cities across the United States, 560 mayors that recognize their outstanding, amazing volunteers going the extra mile in volunteerism and service to make the world a better place. So let's talk more about extra mile. And what, what does that mean for, for somebody who, you know, a lot of us have heard going the extra mile, going a little bit, you know, beyond what you're expected to do. What is, what is your definition of it? Well, if somebody, if somebody really wants more in their life in a number of areas, let's say you want more business success, you want more career success, 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 you want more success as an author, more success in your relationship, more success in your health. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect more. You can't keep walking the same status quo road and expect that you're going to change your results. Our lives change. Our lives change from the good to the great. When we do more, when we be more, when we give more. That's called going the extra mile. At work, it means making the extra few phone calls a day that might generate success, that might generate that extra sale. In health, it might mean when you're tired, you come home and you don't want to exercise. It's just getting out there and walking for 15 or 20 minutes, just going the extra mile. In your relationship, it's just not coming home and whining to your partner, your spouse, but it's surprising them for no reason at all with something special to make them smile. That's called going the extra mile. Every day, you and I have tens of different opportunities to go the extra mile. And every time we do, our lives become just a little bit better. How do we recognize those moments? Some people get very stuck in the day-to-day that, you know, they're kind of oblivious to those little opportunities. How can we become more aware to recognize here's an opportunity to stretch? Well, let me just ask this question. I mean, every day I think someone should ask themselves, am I happy? Mm. Am I, am I, am I being as successful as I want to? Is my, am I finding satisfaction in my job? 
is, is this the kind of place that I want to hang out? Is this the kind of place I'm working eight to five and giving up 40 hours a week for? I mean, when we ask those kind of questions, that'll, that'll be the, that's the big, that's the big tale that tells us whether or not we're living the best version of ourselves. Because anytime we feel like we're walking this mediocre path, it means that we've kind of given up on ourselves a little bit. And so that's the clue. Ah, I, I need to do a little bit more. I mean, I need to, I need to dust off my resume, polish it up and create something different. If you're in a relationship that's gone really stale, well, that's the sign. Are you happy? No, I'm not. Then that's the moment that you need to do a little bit more. If you look in the mirror after jumping out of the shower in the morning and going, oh my God, who's that person in the mirror? Well, that might be a sign that you need to do a little bit more. So every single day, there's these little tiny warnings. And when we develop what I call personal awareness of what we're thinking and what we're feeling, the deeper our personal awareness becomes, the greater opportunity we have to create something more that we want. Right. So... Have you come across an experience with someone where it was it was quite a challenge to shift their thinking to empower them and to help them overcome their inhibitions? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if a person's stuck on being mediocre for 20 years, you can't change that thinking overnight. <laughs> I want to hear what you do. <laughs> How do you work with those people? Uh, well, first off, I, I, I don't have a magic Harry Potter wand that I can't change a person's mindset overnight. Darn but, it. <laughs> but, but Summer Felix, what, what I have and what you have and what everybody has is the ability to reprogram their stinking thinking. What we all have the ability to do is to, to realize, man, I don't like how I think. I don't like how that generates the feelings I do. I don't like that I have, I don't like what those feelings make me do later. So once we realize that, we go back into our into our the brain that sits on top of our shoulders, the, the computer that sits on top of our shoulders, and we reprogram that dude. We start filling ourselves with positive affirmations. We read positive stuff. We surround ourselves with positive people. We slowly start nudging forward until this mindset of believing that I can versus I can't. We slowly start to see the positive in the world rather than the negative of the world. Those are baby steps that we work on every single day. Disciplined steps that slowly start to change us because we can rechange our thinking. I believe that we can take any negative thinker and over time with a disciplined approach, we can change that person person to be a positive thinker. I believe that. So who are some of the people that have influenced you and have inspired you to, to go the extra mile yourself? Well, you know, sometimes I'm asked who my mentors are on life or who the people are that have been my role models, my superstar heroes. And I, I got to tell you, I have a different spin on this summer. My spin is that we, that, that your mentors in life, that your heroes in life don't have to be people that you've even met. The two most influential people of my life were people that I've never met, and one of them wasn't even alive when he first became my mentor. Yeah. I was back in a 7-Eleven after graduating from Berkeley trying to figure out what to do with my life. I was working a graveyard shift at 7-Eleven. And when you work graveyard shift, you have a lot of free time. I started reading every positive motivational book I could. One author by the name of Benjamin Franklin wrote a book called The Autobiography of Ben Franklin. And right then I learned the power of what it meant to have accountability systems. He wanted to change some specific qualities about his existence. So he created an accountability system over 30 days where he focused just on that item. That was such a turning point for me, understanding about accountability and that you can actually choose to go develop a quality or a skill or a habit in yourself. That was number one. Number two was a guy named Og, O-G Mandino. 
he wrote a book called The Greatest Miracle in the World, and he turned my thinking around about how motivational books even have to be. They're not, they don't all have to be like Stephen Covey's the seven habits of highly successful people, the 10 ways that you become a millionaire, the 15 ways that you can have a great relationship, the 72 ways that you can have better health. It doesn't have to be systematic like that. He took these success principles and he wrote them into a fictional story where the person could not only be entertained by the story they read, but they can just grasp and soak in all those success principles. So I love Dog Mandino. He became my role model and my hero, and I even probably adopted a little bit of his writing style. Awesome. Okay, so I have a loaded question for you. Actually, it's a loaded question that most people ask themselves. And it is... Well, well first off, Summer, yeah. your questions are so brilliant. I swear <laughs> to goodness. I, 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 I do a lot of podcasts, a lot, and I've never seen such originality and flow from you know the person asking the question. So I'm grateful that you have me on my toes today. So thank you, Summer. Oh, well, Felix. good. Awesome. You know, I ask this stuff, um, I think, what do I want to know? And that's pretty much mostly what my audience wants to know, too. So <laughs> I think we're accomplishing that. This loaded question that a lot of people ask themselves and it puts a lot of pressure on them. What is my purpose? When people come to you trying to figure out what that is, what is your answer to that? Well, you just asked me about the most loaded question you could ever ask me. You're right. I mean, (laughs) this is a softball that looks about as big as a basketball to me right now. I actually do have a mission statement in life. I believe that every person that wants to create the biggest difference in their life should have a mission statement. Mine is very simple to empower 1 million people to lead a more passionate, positive, and purposeful existence. And that's your purpose. That's my purpose. And what about the people that say, how do I even find what my purpose is? They have, they really don't have any clue. I actually just wrote a newsletter on this this past week. And I believe that it's not necessarily your job that dictates what your purpose is. And if you're trying to find purpose in your jobs, you might be looking forever. Purpose doesn't matter what our occupation is. It matters more what our contribution is. Mm -hmm. And if you want to find out what your purpose is, then ask yourself this question, what do I love to do? What, What causes really resonate with me? Because it's in those causes and it's in those interests that you have where your purpose can be found. Because then what you do is you look for every opportunity in the world to take that interest, to take that cause that you passionately believe in. And you find ways to volunteer, to get involved, to do as much as you can and as often as you can in what that whisper, that cause, that interest, that passion that you have in you. Because in that is a nice big bow tie of what's called my purpose. Mm-hmm that a lot. <laughs> Got to sit with that. When people people can go through, you know, different phases on a day-to-day basis where they're super motivated, feeling very empowered, and one little thing can trigger them. And then all of a sudden it's just this like storm of thoughts telling them, you know, you know, all the exact opposite of what they were feeling just beforehand. What is your advice for someone to overcome those series of thoughts and really get back in control? Well, 
first off, we have to be aware that we just had some really crummy feelings that we didn't like, right? Right. Because so, those those thought the, the the thoughts turn into feelings, and all of a sudden, I'm feeling I'm feeling super sad. I'm super. I'm feeling super mad. I'm I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling disappointed. So those feelings they were triggered. They were triggered by what? They were triggered by our thinking on those thoughts. So if we want to control our feelings, we have to learn to control the thoughts. So that's where that whole self-awareness thing comes in. So all of a sudden you go, okay, Sean, this is what I'm feeling. I don't want to feel this. What are you thinking that's making you feel this? Well, I'm thinking this. I This this person really ticked me off because of this. Okay, then let's go in and have a little self-talk with ourselves about that moment because I don't want to keep feeling this. So I've got to tweak these thoughts and find another way to spin that thought so I don't have to keep feeling this crap that I'm feeling. Are you with me? Yes. But that but that's where it starts because 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 our thinking determines what we feel. Our feelings determine what we do and give back out into the world. So it's it's this it's this circle and the and the better that we do in the world the better our thoughts are, the better our feelings are, the better our actions are again. It's this snowball that we create either one way or another. But it all starts with what we think. And that's the part that you and I have a chance and every listener has a chance to be in control of. I mean, who really controls your thoughts, Summer? I mean, is it is it a, a, another employer, an employee? Is it a is it is it a listener? No, I mean, you're the one that you're the one that takes all that in and processes, you know, how you're going to respond, how you're going to react. So you just got to be aware of how am I responding to that? You know, it's so true and there's it's so easy for people to blame others. You made me feel this way, or I, I can't believe I, I let him make me feel this way, or let her make me feel so insecure. Things like that, and it's so funny when you catch yourself <laughs> saying something like that, and you realize it doesn't really make any sense at all that somebody else could have the power to control the thoughts that are happening in my brain. You know that's right, and I mean I, I, I hate crummy feelings. I don't like a man. And so if I if if I don't like the crummy feelings and summer if you don't like the crummy feelings then why would we even allow ourselves to feel the crummy feelings? Right, exactly. And so, you know, if I'm going to sit there and I'm going to let you t- tick me off for 4 or 5 hours, I, you're probably not even thinking about it, but I'm just I am just livid and I continue to be livid and feel livid and think livid. There's only one person whose fault it is at that point. It's not Summer Felix. It's 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 me. It's me for giving you the power to direct my feelings. It's me for being silly enough to keep thinking these terrible thoughts over and over. Come on, man. It, you, we are responsible for our own existence. We are responsible for what we think, for what we feel, what we do. The 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 more we keep pointing fingers to the government. To our boss, to the customer service call that went all haywire, to our spouse, to our partner, to our kids, the more we point fingers and say, oh my God, you're wrecking my life, the less power you have of ever living the kind of life that you'll be proud to live. Absolutely. So do you have some daily practices that you do that keep you kind of in that good, like, like that just keep you in momentum? Oh my gosh, of course. I mean, it's just like any muscle you've got your your motivation muscle has to be worked and exercised every single day from the very very beginning. I mean, for example, if I wake up in the morning and I go, "Oh my god, I can't believe all the things that I've got to do today. This list is so long. Oh, this report is due. 
Oh gosh, I forgot to pack my kids' lunch. Who's taking the kids to school? Oh my! I mean, if we start off with that kind of mindset, what kind of day are we going to have? Yeah, chaotic. <laughs> yeah, chaotic. So, so we got again. We're letting we're letting our life dictate what we think, which then dictates what we feel. So it's a really a disciplined process. Every morning, what I do before I even start the my world conversations with anybody else is I I have a meeting with myself. It's really a meeting where you just really kind of go over your your plan of attack today, what you want to do, which you know the, the the things that you want to achieve. I read a positive affirmation. I ask myself a few morning questions. You know, uh, who do I want to encourage today? What am I grateful for? These kind of questions start to change the tone of my own thinking, which changes the feelings that I have. I get more excited about the day, but it's all about what I'm putting in my head in the very morning, in the, at the very beginning of the morning. If I sign on to ESPN and I find out that the Dodgers lost last night and I'm a huge Dodger fan, I got to tell you, I've just given myself ample reason to think that the morning's going to suck. <laughs> you know, if, yep. if I, if, if, if. I did. I missed watching The Bachelor last night, and I, I I sign on to find out who got kicked off, and my favorite person got kicked off the show last night. I'm gonna go. Oh my god, how could he kick her off? I can't believe it. My morning's gonna suck. So you know, it's what we're putting in into our our thoughts and our thinking from the very very beginning. So control what you think. Control your mind. Control how you want to live your day. And 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 those are the sort of things that you do completely throughout the day. Have affirmations everywhere. Little reminders of what you want to focus on. Have one on your steering wheel. Have one on the mirror in the morning when you're brushing your teeth. You know these these things work. These are tools. These are accountability tools to keep us on track of what we want to do. Go back and read them. You know, you've got to keep putting positive into your head because the world is going to kick negative dirt at you all day long. The world is going to kick you in the teeth, punch you in the gut, and it's going to do everything possible to get you off of the, the gold medal stand and kick you down to the bronze medal stand. You know, so you've got to be the one that keeps building yourself up so the, the rest of the world doesn't keep breaking you down. Yeah. Do, do you have a story that you can share with us of a really bad time? Like one of your worst moments, worst times that actually turned into something really, really good. Okay. You're a good digger here, Summer. Yes, I am. (laughs) 2009, I created the Extra Mile America Tour in a Forrest Gump sort of way. Took my 47-year-old non-bicyclist, let me repeat that, 47-year-old non-bicyclist body, 4,000 miles across the country. But that was just a symbol of what it meant to go the extra mile. My staff had created these events in 21 cities. Uh, each day, each city had a scheduled date that I had to pedal my rear end to that city and, and conduct these interviews with these people. I had a road manager with me. The road manager drove a van. I had an extra a bike in the van in case I had a flat tire ever so I didn't lose time and can get on that bike and keep pedaling. The road manager was very, very critical to me because it carried all the interview stuff, everything going across the country. It was day two. We had our first event in San Francisco, our second event in Oakland. It was midnight. That night, I was in the hotel room. I get a call on my phone in the hotel room. It's my road manager. My road manager says, Sean, I quit. I go, what do you mean I quit? We just started this sucker. You can't quit yet. No, I, this, is not, this is not fun for me. I don't want to do this. I quit. I go, okay, 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 okay. Let's back down now. Can you help me get to Sacramento? We've got an event with Mayor Kevin Johnson there in a couple of days. No, I'm actually, I called a ride. Someone's coming to get me tonight. So there I am on the Extra Mile America Tour. This is a huge event. I've invested over $100,000 of my own money to make this sucker happen. Over six months of planning. On the second day, my road manager quits. Oh. That 
not only on the second day at midnight, I'm supposed to be pedaling it in six more hours. So at that particular time, I called every person that I knew that had been associated with the tour and I said, hey, ideas, ideas, come on, throw them at me, come throw them at me. What do we do? What do we do? Almost everybody summer said this, Sean, it's a sign. I go, great, great. What's it a sign of? It's a sign that means the Extra Mile America Tour is not ready to go the extra mile. Well, when when anybody starts sharing that at me, I start thinking, well, that's just not going to happen. So at that point, I realized I did not have to get Boston, my finish line, the next day. I just had to find a way to pedal to San Francisco and find a guy to drive my vehicle one day. And so that's what I started piecing together. I worked the phones really hard that night, found someone that could come and just drive me for one single day. And so the whole time for the next two weeks, I kept working one day at a time until I found a driver that would take me to the very end. So sometimes in life, when you really have a huge goal, sometimes in life, when there's something that you really want, I can assure you that life is going to throw a major mountain Mount Everest, like in your way, you've got a choice right then to say, how bad do I want it? Or am I willing to give up? That was just a way for me to earn my extra mile stripes. But you know, the only one that can ever really stop a summer is the person that you're looking at in the mirror, right? Right. Exactly. Tell me about, you have lots of books, but tell me about your most recent book. Well, my most recent book is one that I was just working on just a few moments ago before I talked to Summer Felix. <laughs> the book's called The Four Fibs. It's going to be uh, it's going to be taking my character Amicus, and Amicus is a, a character that showed up in the book A Better Life, an inspiring story about starting over. He's a character that showed up in Amicus One Hundred and One. This interesting amazing teacher that teaches these profound life lessons that helps change people from the inside out. So this next book called The Four Fibs is going to go back and talk a little bit about Amicus as he's helping someone get through a lot of really, really bad things in life. Wow. How long does it take you out of curiosity to write a book or has each one been different? It, de- it, it really depends on, it really depends on my intention. Yeah. I have a deadline goal for myself of finishing the first draft of this particular book by the end of August. So, so I have that mapped out into specific steps of where I have to be to get to the finish line by the end of August. Uh, if, if you've got a mission that's super important to you, you can't just keep saying, you know, this is my mission, this is my goal. You've got to put a deadline on that and you've got to start working backwards from that deadline to figure out all the steps that take you to get to where you need to be eventually. So that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, I know that I want to get it out, so I'm not going to. It's not going to be a book that comes out in 2019 or 2023 or maybe someday. It's coming out soon, and it, and and it's because of the calendar that I base it on. So awesome! I think it's so cool. I can hear the inspiration. Like I can just imagine you like at the computer with it just like flowing right out of you. <laughs> so, I'd love to talk about one more thing, and that is. I believe you, I believe this is your philosophy in terms of achieving bigger goals. And that is taking it one small step at a time. And I think people can get very overwhelmed with, you know, I want to be from here to there overnight. Please speak to that in, you know, that, that whole people getting so ambitious and they're so excited, but then they get let down when they're not there as fast as they want to be. Well, you know, that's the whole New Year's resolution thing. Um, 
I want to lose 30 pounds. Oh my God, I'm going to feel so amazing when I lose 30 pounds. That's going to be so awesome. But to lose 30 pounds, it's requiring, you know, an, an hour workout five days a week. It's requiring giving up the chips and the Pepsis and all that. And, and, and it's all those inches, those inches to get to the mile mark that we forgot about how hard they are. So, so when I'm setting a big goal, I, I don't really have the destination. It, 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 it that's not what's planted in my head every single day. It's not to get to the letter Z in the alphabet immediately, but it's just to get from the letter A to the letter B because I can accomplish that. I can accomplish that small little step because if I keep focusing on the fact that I've got to lose the whole 30 pounds, that becomes so overwhelming to me. I don't even want to try. Oh yeah. You know, you don't run a marathon by getting to the 26.2 mile mark as soon as you start. You get to it by getting to the 100 yard mark. And then you get it to the 1 mile mark. And then you just go to 2 miles. I can do that. I can so do that. Okay, Sean, just get to 5 miles. Come on, dude. 5 miles. That's all. 5 miles. Just get there. 5 miles. 5 miles. That's how we that's how we that's how you achieve the big goals that you want. You have to break them into miniature steps. And I just don't want three steps. I don't like just three steps for a big goal. Man, give me 15 steps. You might have three sections of three levels, but give me give me five or six steps under each of those because then we can feel the success of progress and the success of movement and positive mojo builds when we continue to, to achieve each of those small baby steps. And then all of a sudden you look over your shoulder and you've just completed six of them and you go, I can do this. I am doing this. That gives you a shot to get to the 30 pound mark if that's what the goal was. Right. So you, you work with people individually and then you also work with organizations. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm not so big anymore. I'd only have a few clients that I work with individually because my my whole passion right now is to try to to multiply message in the biggest possible way that I can. And I believe that you do that through writing. I believe that you do that through speaking to larger groups, creating events. That's what I believe. Sometimes it just becomes too time intensive to do the actual success coaching. So that's not as much of what I choose to do. I will, but it's not my fave. Right. Okay. That makes sense. But that is obviously where you got a lot of the experience and probably inspiration for your books. Yeah. I, I tell you my number one guinea pig is guess who though? You. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because if, like, for example, if I'm an, if I'm on one of these long walks and I'm feeling like, you know, OMG, why am I doing this? This absolutely is the worst thing I've ever thought of in the world. I mean, it's raining like I'm taking a shower outside for 10 straight hours. I mean, I remember walking through Japan on the coast of Japan and I got caught in a few days of the largest storm ever. And I really did feel as if I was taking a shower all day long. The water was coming down so hard. The water on the roads wasn't draining fast enough along the highways. And the water was like up to my shins. I was walking through it. And I can assure you that the thoughts going through my head were not, this is amazing. This is fantastic. I'm loving it. I can assure you that is not what I was thinking. I was thinking like, this absolutely sucks. This is the worst thing ever. (laughs) Why are you doing this? You're this is crazy. So so so, I I take that moment and that's when I become my own guinea pig and that's when I learn to really understand what other people might feel in their bad moment. 
just start working through that whole thought process and 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 realize, hey, you know, I've I've never done this before, and you know, the cool thing about it is, I really believe that I am going to get to where I want to get to today, and this is really a cool adventure. And oh man, is this going to make a great story later? Come on, you can do this. Keep going, keep going. Just try to get up to around that corner. Let's just set that goal right there. Just get to the corner. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You got this. Okay, way to go. I mean, it's that self kind. That's kind of self talk that changes the whole attitude that transforms you in the middle of a really bad moment. So it's that kind of stuff that I get good at doing that I can help show other people how to get good at doing too. Right. And where, where are you getting your, your feedback from, from your readers and your audience? Well, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I put out a, a newsletter every Thursday called Inspiration Thursdays. And this week actually is my 290th issue. I've got a very sizable list and I'm so happy that so many people write back and, and share how it, how they reacted or, or what it meant to them. And I keep building off of their particular words. Uh, you know, oftentimes if you're getting feedback from, you know, people who might've heard you somewhere, you'll get feedback, good and bad. You know, sometimes our message can't be for everybody. Sometimes some people don't want to go the extra mile. They'd rather, they'd rather sit on the couch and, and watch Wheel of Fortune and buy imaginary vowels with Pat and Vanna. They might <laughs> want to, they might want to do that. I mean, I get it. You know, I, 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 I'm only for the people that truly want to live the best version of themselves. And, and and if if those are if those are my sort of people and if I'm their sort of person, then we'll we'll connect and we'll find a way to find each other and we'll build each other. So awesome. So where can people find out more about Sean Anderson? Well, they're gonna to listen to this really fabulous podcast called <laughs> With an amazingly creative uh, person named Summer Felix, and then and then and after they listen to Summer Felix and a couple of other great podcasts, then they might choose to to Google SeanAnderson.com, S H A W N Anderson A N D E R S O N dot com, and there they have a chance to sign up for a weekly newsletter that does nothing except add value to your life, man. It's not going to sell you a thing ever, but it does promise to push or pull you up your own mountain. Fantastic. Love it. Sean, thank you so much. I love your energy. I love everything that you represent. And I'm so happy you were on the show. Well, Summer, I appreciate you. You know, I had a chance to read a little bit about you and your story. And I think that you are a brilliant, creative writer. I love your writing style. I love your use of those 26 magical letters. I love that you combine your own life experiences in a brilliant way that helps your purpose shine and, and, and then helps other people's find their purpose. So thank you very much, Summer. Well, that's it. My day was made. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, don't forget to go the extra mile. I will not. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests. 